0: Welcome to The Edge and Beyond, a podcast by Intel, where we're making sense of use cases across industries such as retail, banking, hospitality, and education. You're going to hear tech considerations, best practices, how-tos, and recommendations. It's all here on To The Edge and
1: Beyond. Hello and welcome to The Edge and Beyond, a series that makes sense of powerful innovation for real world industry applications. It's brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. And in this episode, we're going to explore store as a medium, trending use cases and the innovation enabled by the Intel's Internet of Things Group. I am your host, Maroon Isaac, Director of Business Development, and part of the Intel retail team. Today, I am joined by great friends, David Roth, CEO of the store WPP, which runs the overall retail practice for everything that is WPP. He is also the chairman of the Brands Year Report. I am also joined by Jay Hutton, CEO and president of Visibility. Visibility is a computer vision company that transforms retail and public spaces, as well as digital out-of-home networks with a SaaS-based audience measurement and security software that uses AI and machine learning.
2: Welcome, David and Jay. Well, Maroon, thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's a pleasure to be uh, with you and uh, a pleasure to be with Jay as well, thank you.
1: Thank you, guys. Good to see you both again and hear you both again. Great to have you here. So today, our topic is a store as a medium. It is really about enabling the physical store to deliver the most amazing experiences to the shopper. It's about enabling brands to deepen their engagement with the shopper when the shopper is physically in the aisle or in in proximity of a shelf or an end cap. It's about enabling the store to become an effective medium for advertisement. David, Jay, and our three organizations, including Intel, we've been working on predicting the future of retail And understanding the implications of technology for quite some time. Let me start today with you, David, and it's a two part question. When you look at all of the changes that COVID has brought about, how would you frame retailing today in terms of the landscape that retailers and manufacturers are facing? And what new opportunities are available for both brands and retailers to differentiate in the areas such as? merchandising and fulfillment
2: well thanks maroon um a a broad ranging question to start with so let me um try and narrow some of those things down um i think the first thing to say and probably nobody uh listening to this necessarily needs me to point it out but it sort of frames where we're going to um is that the um amount of uh change that we've seen over the course of uh Uh, the COVID period has clearly been immense. And, I mean, you mentioned the history of retail and 100 objects and our second and third era of digital uh, retailing white papers. I think what was clear, and when you reread those, the trends that are happening now were there before COVID, but what COVID's done is accelerate some of these trends on steroids. And I think that's actually been a good thing. The consumer has adapted at a much faster rate than I think We all had uh, imagined that that they would be, some because there wasn't a choice, uh, and others because the new propositions, uh, especially um, the digital propositions, were significantly better than they have been uh, in the past. I think, though, one of the things that our history of retail and 100 Objects pointed out to me and all of the team that put it together is that there is something amazing in our DNA as humans about wanting some form of physical interaction, of physically going somewhere, of interacting with people, of touching merchandise. And I think that is something that isn't going to go away at all. I also think that we forget at our peril that still the vast majority of transactions uh, are physical. And, of course, the balance has changed. But I think we will be seeing as more and more countries get back to a sense of normality, that uh, uh, more and more uh, physical retail will become more apparent than some of the digital retail that we've been seeing. But I think one of the key things uh, for me is the fact that the role of the store is definitely changing. It's getting much, much more competitive out there. If you think of what's going to be happening over the course of the next six months or so, we're going to see huge amounts of cost inflation in in retailing most of it is going to be passed on to the consumer as well so for today's success you are going to need a lot more differentiation as a retailer as a brand than you had in the past and the functional is going to be important but the emotional is going to be even more important as well and also there's going to be a differentiation the retailer is going to have to have so that the consumer feels that uh, it's a place that they want to go to. More and more, we're seeing right around the world that consumers are falling out of love with some of those big box stores. And therefore, the role of the store is not to have lots and lots of stuff. The role of the store is going to be about how you edit and how you curate uh, ranges and how you tell the story. And I think that's why we see that the store itself the role of the store, the opportunities that's going to present themselves in the store, and very much the whole notion of the store itself being a medium is going to be something that's going to be phenomenally important as we go forward.
1: That is really fascinating, David. Uh, We absolutely agree that the role of the store moving forward is going to become very, very big in helping brands engage with the consumer at the the moment uh, of truth. Uh, in fact and and uh, and you would agree we're seeing a number of you know pure 100% online brands on creating their own physical stores they basically they see the need to animate a physical presence generate or deliver amazing experiences for their shoppers and that's to deepen the engagement with their with their consumers and shoppers and so Question for you, David and Jay, I'll, I'll let David start. And, uh, and Jay, please add your context as well, your perspective. How do you see the role of media in the store to deliver toward that end? And the end is to really deepen the engagement between the manufacturers, the retailer, and
2: their shopper. Well, I think there's a phenomenal opportunity uh, I suppose I would say the planets are all aligning themselves in terms of now being able to realise that opportunity. I think we've probably all been on various different project groups in the past where we've done proofs of concepts in various different elements of what a store of the medium is going gonna, is gonna to be. And I sense they've probably not gone too far because the cost and complexity of scaling them was, was, was massive. But I think what we're now seeing is all those planets uh, aligning I think from my perspective as as somebody who's trying to engage the customer with the retailer, with the brand, with the story that the brand and the retailer needs to communicate and talk about, the opportunity to be able to communicate to them as a piece of medium in the environment when they're making their final decision in terms of are they gonna is the hand gonna go left or is it gonna go right to product A or product B? is a tremendous opportunity, and we're all going to have to learn a lot of new skills in order to realize that.
1: Great. Uh, Jay, any additional perspective?
0: Yeah, I, I, I do have an additional perspective. I think that while internet fulfillment is making a mark, the vast majority of commerce is still conducted in the physical store. So the challenge for the physical store is to embrace digital platforms at an integrated level in a way that provides value to the consumer. Uh, We we sometimes misjudge it as an industry that we're in it for developing share of wallet and increased velocity of sales. But at the end of the day, if we impact the consumer, if we build intimacy and trust with the consumer, we build a relationship. And the difference between online and offline, offline being, I guess, the rough equivalent to store, is actually pretty significant. The retailers that are moving from online to offline are going to have a little bit of an awakening because the store does not deliver the same sort of data repository or data environment that the online does. Online, there may be several hundred points of interest or data data points collected about the consumer, and in store, there might be half a dozen. Now, those numbers are growing. There's more data collected in the store, but it's a real interesting challenge. I love what David said earlier in his response, edit and curate. In fact, I like it so much, I've written it down to use it elsewhere so the 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 idea here is creating inner interactivity every brand is desperate for intimacy with their customer and they're actually willing to bypass retail to get to that intimacy retail has a role to play for sure and they're not trying to you know deal them out of the game but but cpgs large brands want an intimate relationship with their consumer and if we find a way to reimagine the store in an in an, an elegant edited and curated environment we'll find a way to create that experience
1: excellent excellent but well, we absolutely see the physical store playing a very strategic role in helping manufacturers and brands build a much deeper affinity and loyalty with the shopper and and if we can get close we don't have to be almost equal if we can get close to the world of online and mobile in terms of being able to leverage real-time signals and fuse that with first-party data we have an amazing opportunity to help the store deliver remarkable experiences at the moment of truth and these will be experiences that will move the hearts and minds uh, of consumers Uh, jay i do have a question for you and it's a long uh, you know the point that you made earlier that online has lots and lots of data points on understanding attribution about the shopper, etc. So, I mean, e-commerce it offers a level of depth and, and insight on behavior to the nth degree. So, what are the challenges and gaps for the brick and mortar for the physical store, and can you break down the benefits for retailers uh, versus? you know, the direct, uh, the consumer brands.
0: At the end of the day, this is a very uh, slim margin business. Retailers tend to drive the top line and focus on an EBITDA that might be in single digits. And that's good, but, you know, they have large volumes. So retailers firmly believe that the more they know about the store and the nature of the consumer engagement within the store, the more they can optimize the store. You're going to find more and more retailers talking about revenue per square foot. And at the end of the day, that's the ultimate metric. But they're also on this reservoir of data that the CPGs want access to, big brands want access to. They have data on the POS. They have increasing levels of data of in-aisle traffic and engagement with brand. Intimate engagement with brand. Tracking things like gender and age and sentiment, specifically with brand. They generally want to improve the shopper experience. Like I said, it's not—it's not all philanthropic. This will change outcomes for consumers and for retailers. It will engender trust. We all know that online fulfillment has been a dominant theme for the last decade, leading many to believe that the days of traditional retail are numbered. But the truth is not—that it couldn't be further from the truth. In reinvention is required for sure, and I think the smart retailers understand that. And it's not just about driving the bottom line; it's—it's delivering the store as a really wonderful and complex set of data.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Jay. David, you know, you and I have been working on future casting and understanding the future for more than 10 years. And it's really interesting to see how slow the world of retail sometimes moves relative to what we predicted, you know, five years ago. You know, for instance, I'll give you an example. Technology providers and uh, you and I participated in, in a future casting session on uh, on the future of the shelf some 5 years ago in Portland Oregon. So, our partners, our te- uh, you know, friends in the in the technology provider space, they've been working on consumer facing technologies in the store, uh, whether it is intelligent shelf end caps, self-serve kiosks for a number of years. But we have not really seen these technologies being adopted at scale. Personally, I see the lack of right infrastructure in the store, um, the business model or CapEx, or can you really make the financials work at some of the key frictions that have impeded progress? I would love to hear your perspective on what you see as the biggest frictions in establishing the store as a medium, and how do you see us working with the industry to resolve?
2: Well, I uh, remember that those future casting sessions well. I think I still have one of the hangovers. You know, I think the, the whole issue of, you know, when you look to see what's going to happen in the future, it's a very dangerous sort of occupation because I think you probably underestimate overall the impact that something is, is going to have. And you sort of overestimate the speed in which a lot of this will be adopted. And I think what we have seen is not a lack of people being willing to trial new things. I think probably quite the reverse. But what we have seen is, I suppose, the difficulty of them making a business-based case that can meet the requirements of the capital investment committees of the big retailers around the world. And I think there have been... A number of sort of blockers that have made scaling difficult. I'm just going to give you a couple of examples because you know they they are very profound because they're they're very practically based. The first is absolutely ensuring that the store staff themselves in the stores where this technology is put in, are engaged in the process. Because if they're not engaged in the process, then you know it, it doesn't really happen in, in the return environment. The second is that I think there's been a, a misalignment between having some of the smart technology within the stores as a medium to carry things and not the right appropriate messaging that goes on there. And I think, again, uh, we need to re how that particular media works, and what is suitable content to, to put on it to actually engage people. And then there, there's the whole issue of the right analytic engines to make sense of that information. And I'm sure everybody listening to this feels the same, that we are absolutely bombarded now with huge amounts of data points, but probably not a great deal of insights from those data points and again i think that's probably historically been one of the reasons why the proof of concepts the investment hurdles in terms of the rates of return of uh, analysis that one's getting out of some of this technology hasn't been high enough the thing that excites me the most is that a lot of these historical blockers if we can use the word historical in the context of five or six years really are are fast disappearing now. I'd say many of them have completely disappeared. And that's why this gives me an amazing amount of excitement because when we pull, uh, I suppose what we would say, a consortium of people, of skills, of businesses, all have different perspectives and different skill sets and put them to get together, which is what we're doing, then things can be done very fast, at scale. I think one of the things probably we've all realized is that there isn't one particular organization that has the skills and the ability to pull every single element of the jigsaw together. And it does take a collective of skills and disciplines to really make this technology work.
1: That concludes
0: part one of our podcast. Be sure to tune in to part two coming soon.